0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I had a simulcast I did with Jacob Burris, 13 years old, Sports Card Second. I interviewed him, he interviewed me, doing questions. He'll use the interview on his show, whatever way he sees fit. And I've uh, edited a little bit for my audience. Thanks sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards. Comcy.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So thank you, Jacob. Enjoyed uh, getting to know you. Look forward to seeing you at the either the next national, the one after that. It was a lot of fun. Here it is. I heard your episode about evaluating the grading companies. I thought it was reasonably fair and, and balanced. You have your preferences as everybody yep. does, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm as obviously partial to BGS. So.
1: Yeah, I wonder why. Okay.
0: okay. My question for you. I'm not in charge anymore, but if I was... And you were my friend, and you were a serious collector and a younger person. What advice would you give to me for BGM? Because okay, I'm involved in starting it, and it's a very competitive uh, field out there with other outstanding grading companies. But any advice that you would give me that I could pass on? Again, I could have just taken the advice when I was in charge, but, now I'm
1: just,
0: <laughs> uh, but I like those guys. I want to help them. So help me help them. What do you think? advice you would give from your perspective, how BGS could be stronger or better or more helpful to
1: you? Obviously right now there's an enormous backlog. They have to charge more, which that kind of does stink. One thing I would do is just completely eliminate the non-subgrade thing. Like BGS, people want it for the subgrades. Honestly, you might get more business because people just want to immediately get a card back quickly but people want the subgrades and that is something i would do also if i know this sort of messes up things sometimes but if you can try to get more of the backlog quickly but you also need good graders so that is a problem like you would have to have enough really good graders to get the backlog through that is very hard though there's (laughs) The, the great graders, there's not an abundance of those. You can't just go out and find mm-hmm. graders. But also yeah. maybe something people would really love is if you could somehow guarantee a turnaround time and then maybe take off certain amount if they do not accommodate your purchase. Like some companies like SGC are basically getting it back within the turnaround time. But PSA premium level, even like the one to two week level, it's taken two months. If you can guarantee a turnaround time, that is something that people will immediately buy in this hobby. So that's probably my biggest advice for someone is if you can guarantee turnaround times, then do it.
0: Okay. I've never been able to say this on any of my podcasts, but I can say it to you. And that is that those things were happening before you were born. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <When> <laughs> that is true started, when we started the three things you mentioned three things first was the report card if i were still in charge there would always be a report card if you wanted with maybe a slight upcharge, but not double price or significant price because to grade it you really need to look at all the subgrades mm-hmm. and put them down so when i was in charge the, the, I was totally with you on that. But again, that was before you were born, but still, when it was started, the subgrades were really intended to be a differentiator, really helpful, which I think it really is. And it, it sets apart BGS, I think. Secondly, you talked about the guarantees. We had guarantees before <laughs> you were born. When we started out, that was, I won't say it was my idea, but I really believe in business. When you want to get started, PSA was already pretty established. I thought, and they were slow then, not as slow as now, but they'd get it back when they get it back. But it's gotten really bad now. But we said, if we don't get it back to you on time, it's free. And that's what we did for a while.
1: Ooh, and then after a
0: while, we'd have people like- that would claim they didn't get it. Yeah. And they'd say, well, I want it for free because I didn't receive it back. So we'd have to say, wait a minute, it's, we, when we get it, that starts the timer. And when we ship it back to you, that's not our responsibility after we put it in the mail. if It gets slow in the mail. So we did have a guarantee. And then after a while, we realized that there were things that happened that it just probably was better to have a guarantee that wasn't 100%. You didn't get it for free, but maybe get like half off or 20% off or something to say, hey, we're sorry. We tried to get it on time. But over the years, especially after I was gone, it just was too much of a liability. But if you had a problem and you got way behind. Okay. Third thing you mentioned, same thing that that we did when I was there. It's going to make it sound like, again, days were simpler back in those days and it wasn't as (laughs) much volume, but so it wasn't like I was the answer. But what we had back, Uh, 20 plus years ago, before you were born, as I said, the overflow when we got behind, since we had so many price guide analysts that were really good at grading cards that helped get it started, and then they'd go back to doing the price guide analysis stuff that I used to do and they did. So when we get behind our grading, they could go in and help catch up.
1: Yeah, and that's now they, yeah.
0: now they don't have that anymore. They don't have anybody to come and help catch up as much. So when they're behind, the only way they can catch up is to say, hey, slow down on the submissions or and overtime. It's hard to do a lot of overtime and try to hire people. But like you said, even if somebody really was a really good grader, they'd still have to prove themselves To be trusted, they look like they're good. Some people can grade really good, but if you graded really well for the first six hours of the day, but you're there eight hours and then you're tired. And the guys that are there now, there's a few gals too, but they're good all through the day. They have that consistency and and the quality. And all the grading companies have that difficulty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, 20 years ago, not as big a problem. We had grading, not surplus, we had grading people that could pop in and help out. We had a guarantee. And we almost always would do the the subgrades.
1: Yeah, so, 20 years ago was a lot different was, with grading.
0: Though if I were back today. in charge, I would move in that direction, Jacob.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. You mentioned this, but what made your line of thought to start a price guide? Obviously, when you started the price guide, there was no internet. So obviously, you couldn't just go look up a card. So that obviously had to be one of the, the sort of Lines of thought there, but what just made you want to start this? Most people asked me
0: <laughs> I mean, in the doing the books magazine that became obvious. But the very first thing was doing the annual price guides that were the books that listed all the cards, and, and and I even did price surveys before that. But people were asking me, they knew that I had a PhD in statistics, that I was very knowledgeable about the cards. I went to all the not all the shows, but I went to a lot of shows. fact, this is now 40, 45 years ago. So I went to all the shows, and people said, Hey, you should do that. And so finally I said, okay, I'll do it. But it took a long time. The first one takes the longest. And after that, you're comparing after that. And then doing the magazines, that turned out to be a lot of fun. But again, the first one was really hard. Which cards are you going to list? Which sets? What other stuff are you going to put in the quote unquote magazine? So very blessed to have been at the right place at the right time with a reasonable set of skills and a lot of good friends. Many of whom then came to work on our team we had a great ride and they're still riding it out. So yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm semi-retired. I still can yeah. run around the hobby, but I don't have to be at the office any day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like you said, the first one would be the hardest. Cause like, do you want to put what sets, especially like regional sets, subsets, all that jazz, like whatever. But once you get to the first one, then once people sort of realize, okay, this is going to be in here er- over and over, or once a set, like, completely emerges, then you can obviously add that. But once it becomes a mainstay, it just helps a lot.
0: <laughs> well, it helps to know, and it's like when you're a young person that every year, you don't have to have your act together fully at 13 or 14 or 15, but every year you ought to get a little better. And it was, yes. was the same thing that you learn a little bit more. And the same thing for us. The first issue wasn't, it was great, but it then the next month, you got to do it all over again. But we had good acceptance and great teammates and got a lot of good feedback. One of our uniqueness was we'd get good feedback from the dealers as well as from the collectors.
1: Yeah, that's so important. We're
0: just trying to have the dealers say, hey, you need to raise this price. and know, what are you selling it for? And then we'd ask the collectors, what are you paying for it? And so sometimes we'd have to verify.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. This is an age question. and you're, I'm sure you're precocious. So I'm not going to say that you're typical. I'm sure you're way above average. But if I were going to get a person to help me, if I have some extra cards, some lots of cards, so not a single card, but 50 cards, 100 cards that are from a team or a player or something like that, and I wanted to put them on eBay, and I wanted to get somebody to help me, this is my question for you, Jacob. What's the lowest age I should get? Because young people are really smart. They're very digital savvy. They understand eBay, but if I wanted somebody local, so... I don't know that they'd have to drive or their parents would bring them over, but they'd come over once a week and you know, box up the stuff and uh, post it to eBay and stuff like that. What would be the youngest age that you would think, if you were me, would be a good age to look for?
1: Yeah. So like you said, a lot of people, uh, younger people are um, tech savvy. I know some 13 and 14 year olds that have over $10,000 worth in, this, in stock market. That's pretty crazy. But honestly, it matters... Just like who you can find locally, you could have that 13-year-old, but you could also have really probably want someone that would be able to drive themselves over probably just for a couple miles. So probably it matters who they are, obviously, but 16 would probably be the lowest. There are some people that I know that are huge into the hobby, know a ton about it. Obviously, Brody the Kid is um, pretty smart. He knows a lot. And then that's that's true. But if you had a Brody the Kid in your area... That's what I'm saying, basically. So probably 16. I'd probably want them to be able to at least drive over.
0: Yeah. Well, Brody's, is he 14 yet? If he's 14, he's pretty close.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's pretty close. But I met
0: Brody's mom and dad. So what you're you're suggesting to me that I never really thought about, but thanks for the idea, is that if I had a younger person, I think they'd really enjoy the cards. Mm -hmm. And their only problem would be they couldn't drive.
1: Exactly, but it might
0: be a good father son activity or a mother son activity because Brody's mom and dad are real active. They really yeah. encourage him. I don't know about your parents, but my parents encouraged me when I was collecting. So maybe it'd be something for a, a parent and a kid to do if the kid couldn't drive, and That's then they be able yeah. to establish an eBay business.
1: If it was like that, my dad would love to do that, definitely. (laughs) I'm
0: saying, okay, you'd have to move to Dallas, but there's a minor detail there. I've listened to some of your podcasts and you're not exactly like me, obviously, but I have some different type of episodes I do. And I've noticed that you skip around too. You have some Mm -hmm. to do with a younger friend, you do some interviews, you do some thematic things. So how do you decide that? And what do you enjoy the most? Because you're into it now to where you've got a Mm -hmm. flow going but it's not like everyone is the same.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We look at some podcasts like sports carnation. It's a guest driven show. Your show generally it, it probably over half has a guest. Um, but like my show really like whatever comes to mind during the week. Okay. Like if I see something in the news that sort of jumps to, out to me in that category, I might discuss it. But if I can get a guest lined up, that's honestly the most fun. Like the, Obviously, the hobby is the people. I'm going to give John Newman another plug. He's one of my great friends.
0: He to yours and mine, so you may get yep. a double dose of this. But he's he believes it and lives it, so that's, yep. that's to his credit.
1: But yeah, if I can get a guest lined up, that's what I'm going to do. But I really love helping out kids. I'm helping people get into the hobby. So that's why I do some of the beginner stuff and then talk about grading. And sometimes I like to have fun, just discuss the sports world sometimes. And then I have open cards on there. I've gone to shops. Obviously, I did a show from the National every day. That was really fun. But honestly, really just whatever jumps into my head.
0: Similar on that. That's what I do. I probably enjoy the interviews the most but i don't want to do all of them interviews cuz i'm doing every day so i want exactly. to do i've had a lot of fun with john newman, rich klein is very regular, my good buddy, and several others that i've had on several times. and now you jacob. <laughs> that's great. and what i find is like in the Dueling questions, it each person has a different perspective based on their exactly. age or where they live and so it's fun to get at things like that. The man-